All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec, I'm a CPA, and this is my stimulus update for Friday, December 11th. Thank you to everybody who responded to my poll in the channel yesterday. I asked y'all, is Congress broken? And 95% of you said yes, and the remaining 5% of you said yes. So honestly, folks, I don't know what to tell you. Politics is rearing its ugly, ugly head again. When has that ever stopped? A lot of people had high, high hopes for this $908 billion stimulus proposal. But the two stimulus monsters, and I'm not talking about Mitch and Nancy, at least not in this context, but the two stimulus monsters, state and local funding and liability protection, just might strike again. This bipartisan group has not been able to iron these issues out. More on that later in this video. But in direct stimulus check news, independent Senator Bernie Sanders and Republican Senator Josh Hawley, both you know are big fan of stimulus checks. Bernie released that statement that I showed you in a previous video. Holly, he's been tweeting, right? He tweeted last Tuesday when the bipartisan proposal came out that stimulus checks need to be in there. Well, yesterday, Sanders and Holly introduced a standalone proposal in the Senate to issue second stimulus checks in exactly the same amounts and with exactly the same qualifications as the CARES Act. I was tempted to make a video about this yesterday because I knew it would get clicks and views. It would be an extremely easy video to make. But I refrained because, unfortunately, I'm not sure if we can take this too seriously. I think this is more symbolic at this point than anything. Don't get me wrong. Personally, I wish this would pass. I hope this passes. Something like this should pass right now at the very least, right? We're talking about $1,200 here, not $12,000. Can they at least do this? But unfortunately, I fear in the end, this will be more of a symbolic measure than anything else right now for a couple reasons. One... We know both Holly and Sanders love the limelight, right? They know even if this doesn't pass, it'll look good. They both have ambitions. Sanders has made unsuccessful bids for the presidency. Rumor has it that Holly may have presidential ambitions as well. You'll remember back to the Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, $2,000 a month stimulus proposal. Both of those individuals clearly had aspirations, right? And that's why I said that I thought they were just making a statement with that proposal. Everybody knew that $2,000 a month stimulus would not fly in McConnell's Senate. He would not bring such a measure to the floor, but they introduced it to make a statement. I'm getting the same vibe here. Granted, though, $1,200 stimulus checks is still in the realm of realism, right? A uh, potentiality as opposed to $2,000 a month stimulus checks, but I think the principle is kind of the same here. Also, reason number two, I don't think this has much hope of passing. I don't think that stimulus checks is where the heart of most members of Congress are right now. That bipartisan group couldn't fit stimulus checks in any amount in a $908 billion proposal. Steve Mnuchin, couldn't fit $1,200 stimulus checks in his latest proposal. He had to slice them in half in exchange for eliminating supercharged weekly unemployment benefits, right? These other groups have been working ostensibly hard on their own proposals, trying to work something out like this $908 billion proposal. I don't think they're going to throw that work out now, go back to square, you know, go back to square one, because now we're passing stimulus checks, because that's what they would have to do, right? Because if a 300 some billion dollar stimulus check bill were passed, that would entirely change the calculus on what could be included in a larger bill, right? In the bipartisan bill. And I'm just going to be real with you here, folks. Right now, Congress's priority is helping the systems and institutions, state governments, the airline industry, small and not so small businesses, hospitals, schools, etc., because they view these things as the essential fabric of our society. Sending another round of stimulus checks is just not a priority for them right now. Unfortunately, not saying that's right, but that's what it is. However, and this is the long shot here, my hope is that if it comes down to the wire and this bipartisan group can't agree on something and Mnuchin's proposal never materializes, which I don't think it will, I'm hoping that in that doomsday scenario, the long shot, the 11th hour back of the napkin solution here is, okay, let's at least do stimulus checks and PPP, 
or something like that, right? Politico just reported this morning that some congressional leaders, they didn't say who specifically, but some congressional leaders seem to be putting together kind of a backup plan. Politico said they're making a last-ditch effort, last-ditch attempt to cobble together a stimulus deal consisting of non-controversial aspects like small business funding. This is against the backdrop of negotiations surrounding the $908 billion proposal taking a turn for the worse this week due to liability protection and state and local funding. In terms of those bipartisan negotiations, Republicans, including top GOP Senate leaders, they're not liking what they're seeing. McConnell aides have reportedly sent the message to other congressional staffers, staffers Sir Pelosi, Schumer, and McCarthy, that McConnell doesn't see any possible path forward from the bipartisan group regarding state and local funding and liability protection, at least not a path that Republicans would like to go down. And yesterday, the number two Republican Senator, John Thune of South Dakota, said he does not believe that the bipartisan negotiations are going to get the job done on liability protection. He said that even though they spent a lot of time trying to come up with a creative solution, Thune said he doesn't think that they're going to be able to thread the needle, his words. I told you yesterday that the original pair of senators, John Cornyn for the Republicans and Dick Durbin for the Democrats, were trying to reach agreement on liability protection. They couldn't do it. Now it's Lindsey Graham for the Republicans talking to Angus King, who's an independent, but like Bernie Sanders, caucuses with the Democrats. Now that pair is trying to work something out. Signs are not good that they're going to be able to do it. Even Mitt Romney has come out and suggested, kind of following Mitch McConnell's suggestion earlier this week, that maybe we have to just have to do something now and leave state and local and liability protection until next year. Meanwhile, House Republicans had a little rah-rah yesterday about using unused PPP funds. I feel like they've been talking about this for months now, and it, you know, it makes sense. Congress allocated this money to PPP and it wasn't used, right? And kind of like stimulus checks, I kind of view this as maybe, maybe something that could possibly become a last-ditch effort if the bipartisan negotiations just completely fizzle out, right? Like it comes up to next Friday or something, or even the following week if they do another extension, and it's like, okay, folks, we couldn't really figure out anything big out. Let's just do PPP, right? And maybe stimulus checks or unemployment, right? But even that might be thinking too highly of our congressional friends. Meanwhile, Democrats, they're continuing to encourage this bipartisan group to reach a deal. Chuck Schumer said on the Senate floor yesterday that everyone knows that this bipartisan proposal is the only real game in town at the moment. He said it's the only proposal with enough bipartisan support to hopefully pass both houses of Congress before the end of the year. And by all reports, this bipartisan group is continuing to work nonstop on this bill, but of course, we still have not seen it. Still no bill. We thought we'd see it early this week, but nope. That's not a good sign. It's a sign that they haven't been able to agree. But what do you think? Do you think that perhaps these members of Congress should leave state and local funding and liability protection for another time and just put a push out a bill that contains the things that most everybody agrees on? Or do you think that's ridiculous? especially with states potentially needing more money to adequately distribute the COVID-19 vaccine. Government funding, let's talk about it. Today is December 11th. It's the deadline. House passed the one-week stopgap two days ago on Wednesday. Senate hasn't passed it yet. If Senate doesn't pass it and Trump doesn't sign it by midnight, government shuts down. Should be easy, right? Well, no, actually, a couple senators might want to shut this down for entirely different reasons. Bernie Sanders may try to block the stopgap measure for the sake of stimulus checks. Uh, Josh Hawley said he would not do that. Rand Paul was kind of hinting yesterday that he might try to derail the stopgap measure as leverage to remove language in the Defense Authorization Act that would restrict the president's ability to withdraw troops overseas. But this morning, Rand Paul said he would let the one-week stopgap pass. You're such a saint, Rand Paul. This is just exhausting, folks. It's, it's a complete mess. Congress is broken as 100% of you told me. 
In terms of COVID-19, we had 223,570 new cases with 2,923 deaths yesterday. Dr. Robert Redfield, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC, said yesterday that COVID-19 will kill more people in the United States every day for the next two to three months than died in 9-11. There were 2,977 victims of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Redfield is saying that COVID-19 will kill more than that every day for the next two to three months. Doing the math on that, that would mean something like 500,000 cumulative deaths in the United States from COVID-19 since the beginning of the pandemic. But what's the good news? Good news is that yesterday, the FDA's advisor panel, the Vaccine Committee, recommended approval of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use administration to individuals aged 16 years or older. The recommendation was made by a vote of 17 to 4, with one member abstaining. One panel member, Eric Rubin, a Harvard microbiologist who voted in favor of the recommendation, said the efficacy, referring to the efficacy of this vaccine, is overwhelming. It's very strong. Of the members who voted against the vaccine, a lot of the concern was specifically pertaining to approving the vaccine for administration to 16- and 17-year-olds. One of the members who voted against the recommendation said that she voted against it because the data from the vaccine studies were limited in terms of effectiveness in 16- and 17-year-olds who are not a high-risk group anyway. However, she said that in terms of effectiveness for adults, she's a big fan of this vaccine. The only reason she voted no against the recommendation is because she's not sure it's worth it for 16 and 17 year olds. Now, like I said yesterday, what was voted on yesterday was not the actual FDA approval of the vaccine. It was the FDA's vaccine committee recommending that the FDA as a whole approve the vaccine for emergency use. However, at this point, with the recommendation of this committee, it's essentially guaranteed that the FDA will in fact approve the vaccine. I'm hoping they do it today, possibly this weekend, why not today, though? President Trump is impatient for this as well. He tweeted this morning, While my pushing the money-drenched but heavily bureaucratic FDA saved five years in the approval of numerous great new vaccines, it is still a big old slow turtle. Get the darn vaccines out now. Dr. Hahn, Steve Hahn is the FDA commissioner, stop playing games and start saving lives. Of course, once this vaccine is approved, that's when the real journey begins, the real task. That's when the actual distribution has to take place. States play a big role in this, as we said before on the channel especially in determining who gets the vaccine in terms of priority and distribution. So we might see states saying, hey, we need more money to roll this out properly. Will they get it? We'll have to see what transpires in Congress in the next week. The Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, said that the first vaccinations, outside the trials, of course, of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine in the United States could come as soon as this coming Monday or Tuesday. All right, everybody, that is my update for today. Thank you so much for watching, and I will see you in the next video. Bye-bye.